everybody and welcome to the table 442 podcast or should I say welcome back it's been a few weeks um myself and I have been having a little break but we are refreshed now and ready to go Aaron how are you feeling I'm good mate how are you yeah, good, mate. It was just like kind of nice to get away from all the fan mail for a few weeks. It was getting a bit much, wasn't it? I was worried that I was going to go the Ravel Morrison route and just not be able to handle it. Yeah, you've got Ravel Morrison Maverick all over you. Yeah, well, you know, you know yeah. me, mate. I love a Maverick. What can you I say? too love a Maverick, <laughs> yeah. A little throwback there for the uh, for long-term listeners. <laughs> um, climbing fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but in, like, in all seriousness, obviously, like we've just... Um, just kind of starting out in this venture and we did kind of find those first 10, 11 episodes really fun and um, really interesting to do. Well, you know, definitely speaking for myself, Aaron, I hope, hope you did as well. Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think like we learned a bit about what's good and what worked and, and what didn't. And we we just like been very busy the last few weeks and it's given us time to think about like what we want to do going forward. So for, for the next kind of foreseeable for the summer we're, we're kind of calling it season two of the podcast we've got what we think is a really good structure in place um and something that will really engage um our listeners uh, as well so um it's going to kind of work in two parts the podcast for the next few months um the first part is um a predictions league between myself and aaron um whereby we bring two games to the podcast each week uh preview those games and um, then make predictions on them. Uh, you get one point for a correct result and three points for a correct score. And if you get the correct um, prediction on the other person's game that they brought to the podcast, you get bonus points as well. Now, this is something we really want to get the listeners involved in, but we feel that kind of with the season winding down, we're going to open up a full predictions league next season, or maybe even for the start of the Euros for you guys to get involved in. But you can still get involved in the meantime by kind of tweeting as, um, you know, to back whose predictions you think is right or just tweeting us with your own predictions as well. Uh, and then the second part is going to be, you know, the, the fun bind 11, a continuation of the fun bind 11, which, which we've really enjoyed. Aaron kind of, do you want to explain to the viewers what we're thinking with the fun bind 11 over the course of the summer? Yeah. So we're um, doing something a little bit different with it. Something that will hopefully get you guys engaged. Um, it's, we're going to call it the fun bind cup. Um, so we're going to do sort of an eight-team knockout-style tournament based around the Funbine 11. Um, at the end of each episode, we'll, we'll set a theme of the team and what we're looking to build. And then hopefully you guys can reach out to us on the socials and let us know that you want to be involved um, between us, whether it's just at random picking names out of a hat or whatever. We'll then get somebody on for the next episode, go through their Funbine 11 with them. Um, and then these teams will end up getting voted on by you guys as the listeners. Um, go through knockout style tournament and eventually the winner we're going to put up a, a 30 pound voucher for classic football shirts so um, there is a prize on grab uh, up for grabs um, and hopefully it'll be good to get you guys involved yeah no definitely and Aaron has really generously offered to stump up a whole 100% of that prize as well oh, yeah. um, so uh, yeah no these I think that's like that that's how we see the pod working over the next few few months um, we will kind of explain all that as well in kind of slightly clearer social media graphics over the next week, just in yeah, case we definitely. kind of ramble through that. And hopefully you'll just kind of pick that up as the, as the shows um, go along as well. Um, so we really look forward to having as many of you as possible involved in, in those two um, parts of the show. Mm -hmm. And on that note, we'll get 
started on the first part of the show, which we're going to start with the um, predictions and the previews. And we're going to, we'll leave the fun by until the main event, as, as we did previously. Um, Aaron, do you want to start us off with, with one of the games you've brought forward for, for previewing? Which, which games caught your eye ahead of this weekend? Um, there's a, a few. At first, on first glance, it doesn't look like a great weekend for football. Um, but then you rightly pointed out to me that there's also some cup games that I'd missed. So the first one that I've gone for is the second of this weekend's FA Cup semis, um, Leicester against Southampton. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a, ended up being a really big game now for both both teams. Um, Southampton started the season brilliantly. Um, I know we were waxing lyrical about them a bit. I think I had them in my predictions to stay sort of I think top eight, maybe. Um, obviously, yeah. they, they've, they've massively tailed off um, now 14th. So a season that started with such promise for them has, has really fizzled out. So I think if they can progress again um, in the FA Cup and get to a final... Um, it'll put maybe a brighter spin on on what's ended up to not be the best of seasons for them. Um, and then obviously Leicester, again, um, a few weeks ago we spoke about them and said that we thought they looked quite comfortable in the top four, um, but a couple of back-to-back losses against City and West Ham and they're not looking quite as comfortable anymore. Um, they'll obviously have a few players back. James Madison have missed. Uh, obviously, we've spoke on WhatsApp as well about how daft they were having a house party. Um, before the last oh, yeah. game and, and having to, to miss such a vital game in their season. But the players that were out because of that, Hamza Chowdhury, Iosu Perez, James Madison, etc., they should all be back. So it could be a really good game, um, but I have gone for um, a Leicester win in that one. Who do you see it being a more important game for? Ooh. Tough on that. Um <laughs> I think it's like. Do you think that you know Leicester the way they're going and the way they've progressed over the last couple of years? Do you think it's you know it would be another a good step in that in in their development to to reach a cup final and therefore a significant like milestone for them? Or do you think you know regardless if they get knocked out this year and still and even don't finish in the top four and finish fifth, they've still had a fairly good yeah. season. Whereas Southampton's second half of the season has been so bleak. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? I think morale-wise, it's probably more important for Southampton because they've really struggled second half of the season. Um, and you, you kind of look at them and think you don't, you don't know where they go from here. I think if yeah. they could get to a cup final, it would be a, a huge lift for them. Um, so I think in, in, in different ways, it's probably is, is just as important for both teams. I think like exactly like you've said, if Leicester were to get to the FA Cup final, it would cap off a really good season for them, even if they don't end up finishing the Champions League spots. Um, but yeah, the flip side of that is I think it's it's really important for Southampton as well. It could give them a, a huge lift as, as a club and sort of get them out of this slump that they've been in the second half of the season. Yeah, they, w- they would look back at a very dark second half of the season, I think, if, mm. they, didn't, if they didn't win this game. And you've gone for a Leicester win, Aaron, yeah. by the sounds of it. What's the, uh, what's the score you're going for? I've gone Leicester 3-1. Leicester 3-1 for Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I think I think Leicester will have enough to beat the Saints in this form. Um, I'll go slightly closer though. I'll go two one to Leicester. Um, so how that would work in our uh, prediction league would be um, obviously if we were to if Leicester were to win, we would both get the correct score, uh, the correct result. Sorry, so that would be one point 
but I would get a bonus point because um, it was Aaron's game and not mine. And if we got the correct result, we would get three points and possibly a bonus point for me as well. Um, I've also picked out the other FA Cup semi-final, which is kind of the more blockbuster game yeah. of the two, you would say. You would think that you know the winner of Manchester City versus Chelsea would be the favourites to go on and win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think all eyes are on Man City, really. Um, you know, no Premier League club has, has still been on for the quadruple entering the month of May. Um, you know, and I think, you know, if we include the Champions League victory, you know, passing that kind of quarterfinal jinx. Yeah. We could look back at the end of the season as kind of this 10-day period being almost the most important 10-day period of Pep Guardiola's, certainly Manchester City managerial Mm -hmm. career. But, you know, if if everything goes to plan, maybe even his whole managerial career. Agreed. Um, Obviously, League Cup final next weekend against Spurs. Big FA Cup semi-final this weekend that if they win, you know, one hand on the trophy, arguably already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Champions League semi-final as well, they're in after this week. So um, it's an it's an interesting game because I think like City really started to turn the gears or go through the gears this year when they played Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, I mean, I can remember watching that that first half and De Bruyne and Gundogan and Foden were, were outstanding. Um, but Chelsea will be a very different test now under Tuchel. They have had a couple of blips, obviously the West Brom one, but generally speaking, it's been pretty consistent under him. Yeah. Been pretty difficult to score against. Um, so I think, you know, this will be a real tactician's game. Uh, mm-hmm. City have got the luxury of, you know, I think the rest of people like Sterling and Cancelo in the week yeah. for Champions League quarterfinal, Jesus as well. So um, they will be fresh, um, even though Chelsea have had an extra day from their uh, from their own Champions League quarter final win, so really interesting game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all aboard Manchester City at the moment. I kind of want them to sweep what's before them in pretty much every competition, apart from next Sunday, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go for Man City to win this two nil. Okay, yeah, I agree. I'm I also going for a City win. Um, I've got it a little bit closer. I've got City to win one nil. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. I think it'll be a good game. And like you said, you look at City and think, oh, they've just had such a tough game in the Champions League. But then he rested so many players and they've got so many quality players that can come in that it just almost doesn't hinder them. So I think they'll have enough. And yeah, I've got them 1-0 City. 1-0 and 2-0 then. And I just think at some point, and I don't know if it'll be this this weekend because he might not be fit, but at some point, Aguero will have a say before he goes. So... It's great space. to see him score the winner in the Champions League final or something. Oh, like it, would, it, it would be, wouldn't it, to be honest? Maybe not for United fans yeah, out there. I was going to say, Pete, Pete will not yeah. agree with that. But Yeah, I don't think Pete's quite all aboard the Man City <laughs> train that I'm on. Um, what is your second game, Aaron, of this weekend? Um, well, oh yeah, I know we like to, to discuss Spurs a bit on this pod, so I've gone for the Spurs-Everton yeah. game. Um, right. It's a huge game in the battle for the Europa League spots, isn't it? Um, That's Everton, a sentence, but yes, <laughs> Everton point behind Spurs with a game in hand, um, but Spurs are already six points behind Chelsea in fifth, so um, feels like it's a real sort of make or break game. Everton have already beat you one one nil at Spurs this season, and then obviously also knocked you out of the FA Cup. So 
they've sort of they've, they've had it over you this season so far, but they're not on the best of runs at the moment. In the league, they've got only one win in five, which was a 1-0 win over West Brom in early March. And obviously Spurs' form have been a little bit patchy, but it's slightly better with two wins in five in the Prem. So neither team is in great form, um, but I think Spurs will pip it. I think on the day, the quality at home with Jose to just nick it 1-0. So keep that Europa League dream alive. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? Europa League is a dream right now because there's, they're bringing in that Europa Conference League, aren't they, next year? And it would just be so Tottenham to be in that. I just, I, I could not imagine it. Uh, but yeah, I think like you said, it looks like Spurs and Everton are the two sides that were in that huge bunch of clubs that are maybe just dropping off the pace mm. a little bit in that European race. I think Everton have got a couple of games in hand, to be fair. But um, yeah, close game. Um, I'll go for a draw because I feel either way I'm cursing Spurs. Yeah. Um, so I'll go for a one-one draw. And what did you, did you, did you say one-nil to Spurs? I said one-nil Spurs. Yeah. I think lately you've you've started all right and gone got gone a goal ahead a few times like you did the other day against United. Yeah. But then Jose just tries to park the old bus, doesn't he? Eventually yeah. that tactical will work. And I, well, I've got it down as that work and yeah, so so. yeah, exactly. Two ways of looking at it. Event like you're saying, like eventually you will hang on to a lead. Mm. Uh, you know, things are leaving itself out a bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm less certain on that the way we played, <laughs> but I hope, hopefully, hopefully we don't take the lead till about the 86 minute. So, uh, not to give the defense too much to do, but yeah, fingers crossed for a win. But I, I'm, I'm back in. I'm back in the draw on that one. Um, and then my second game of the weekend um, is from the Premier League. It's Newcastle versus West Ham, um, which kind of maybe at the start of the season, people might have pinpointed as a bit of a, you know, mid-table nothingness at this stage of the season match. But both sides have got plenty to play for. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, it's a massive game for West Ham. I think, you know, with, with Chelsea and Leicester both in cup action, like they can go third in the league with a win. Third in the league, West Crazy, Ham. It'll be the highest I've ever been at this stage in the Premier League season. Um, you know, I think like David Moyes, we, we again we had a bit of a conversation on the WhatsApp group this, didn't we, yeah. this week, didn't we, about managers of the year? And Moyes pulled out the bag again against Leicester last week, went to three at the back, that kind of um, which they worked on in the season, but he's it, it, he's changed the back four, which is showing again that they've like found different ways to win this year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because they lost Antonio to injury, so he's had to. He's had to reshuffle things up top as well. Declan Rice still out injured as well, but you know, in, in Jesse Messi, they've got That's the thing, isn't it? pretty much the form <laughs> player in the league. Eight goals and nine appearances since joining on loan from Man U. Uh, he's been linked with Arsenal and Real Madrid this week. <laughs> he's been so good that even you know, even the nineteen seventy Brazilian World Cup team, I think, want to sign him. Yeah, he's just ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's pretty much the form player in the league right now, and that's why West Ham have scored at least three goals in the last three Premier League games. So um, tough, tough ask for Newcastle, who kind of needed a individual performance from Alan Maxman to rescue them anything against Burnley last weekend. It was a massive, massive win for them though, and kind of Fulham's decreasing momentum means that they are now six points clear of the relegation zone. So they won't feel safe by any means, but. Um, they've got a game in hand as well, so they'll look a little bit rosier at that situation mm-hmm. than they would have done a few weeks ago. Um, 
I think with St. Maxman and Wilson back, I just feel like, you know, West Ham's run can't keep going. They can't keep getting big results. They've, they've been, I'm not saying they've been fortunate in recent weeks, but yeah, they have scored three goals in each of the last three games, but then they can, they, they were 3-0 up and drew 3-3 to Arsenal and they were 3-0 up against Wolves and Leicester and, and only won 3-2 in each of those games. So there are a few defensive vulnerabilities. So uh, again, I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a one-one draw here. What do you reckon, Aaron? Interesting. I've got the West Ham train to keep on rolling on. I've gone two 0 West Ham. Um, I think Newcastle, like I said, had a, a a great result against Burnley, and um, Saint Maximan came on, turned the game on his head. Brilliant once he came on, but I just think with the momentum that and belief that West Ham have got, they'll have enough to 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 roll Newcastle over. Um, like you said, they've, they've let in goals against better teams, but um, I don't see Newcastle's having sort of the firepower um, and attacking ability of those yeah. others. So it could be a tough game. I don't think they'll just completely turn them over and that'll be that, but I do think West Ham will come out on top. Yeah, no, it absolutely wouldn't surprise me if they did. I just I feel like, you know, that I'm kind of playing the odds a bit that there's always that that one fixture that mm-hmm. you're predicting when you're in the super, when you're doing like a super six predictions or something, there's always mm-hmm. one that I go for that I don't think others will go for. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a tactical, I mean, we've kind of taken inspiration from, from your uh, tactical shithousery as such yeah. in the England, England draft video. <laughs> but, um, and to be fair, I can see what you mean. Cause that, that, that tactics worked really well for you in the super six oh. league this year. Yeah. Um, let's not, talk about that right now um, are you, are you just check are you still below your mum or i am below my mum but my mum is a prolific a prolific super six player she once thought she'd won it but it was actually she checked the scores after the game and got you know full six matches but realized it was she actually checked her predictions not her scores <laughs> so she honestly for, for an hour she was celebrating like she'd won oh wow um, oh julie so yeah, but you know, a prolific, prolific player nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So my, my super six form not fantastic. I'm not saying it's a foolproof tactic, but I'm persevering with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, that's that's uh, that's that then. So I've gone one one uh, Newcastle West Ham. You've gone for two 0 West Ham. Two 0 West Ham. Okay. Cool. So we will put these predictions up on our socials, and you let you uh, let us know who are you backing to win this week, and also like you know give us your give us your own predictions for the game as well. You can follow us on Twitter at table four four t one, and on Instagram at table four four two. Right now, on to the fun bind eleven for this week. Now, I wouldn't call this a, a heartfelt tribute as such. <laughs> Definitely not from me. But um, yeah, I don't think this is more of like a tongue in cheek way of uh, us marking a top, particularly topical event at the moment, which is the unfortunate um, passing of Prince Philip. Um, but don't worry, it's not going to be a somber fun bind 11 because Aaron and I have been building sides based around players who are called Philip, Phil, Felipe, Felipe. Felipe, etc., etc. So any kind of version of the name Phil, in honour of his his Royal Highness, um, is eligible for this fun bind eleven. How have you find found this Phil? I mean Aaron. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it was actually all right, you know. And quite a lot of players. The hardest one was goalkeeper. I was yeah. really scraping the barrel with goalkeepers. Um, but the rest of the team on paper is probably, is, yeah, it's really strong. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my team and I think like it's it's not the best from behind eleven, but like it would it would hold its own. I reckon, I'm looking at this team and I, I'm thinking Premier League top six, no problem. Yeah. In fact, maybe top four. Yeah. Oh, completely. So, in the, in their primes, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely in their primes. I mean, I think my defense is a bit would be a bit, bit ropey at this stage uh, if they were still playing. But yeah, absolutely. So we've kind of talked about this um, black sheep position of goalkeeper for Phils. Like, I mean, a generation of Phils missed their calling as, yeah. as goalkeepers. But do you want to kick us off with who you managed to narrow your extensive search down to? Yeah, so um, I can't even remember whether this was in the rules of what we said when we were talking about all the, <laughs> all the fills and the fills. But That's a great start. I was really scraping. So I've got someone who, well, I've basically got Dylan Phillips. So he's not yeah. a fill, he's okay. the surname of Phillips. So, you know, not the best keeper in the world, but certainly not the worst. Um, currently playing at, at, at Cardiff in the Championship. Um I yeah, just really, really struggled for a goalkeeper basically, and and he was pretty much the only person I could find. So I'm not set. I'm not got my heart set on him. So if you've got anybody that could be the 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 mega Dylan Phillips, then well, what's all yours? I, mean, I feel like this man's career is a little bit more luscious than Dylan Phillips, but I won't have seen him play. And you know, I don't think anybody within twenty years of of us would have either but it's a chap called Phil Parks who made 400 appearances for Wolves oh, now, like, I'm not, I don't know this guy Hand, hands up like he played in the 70s I think mostly I just by the end of it after three years three years felt like three years three hours of looking I just googled goalkeepers called Phil <laughs> and this was the only and guy Parksy come up yeah Parksy came up yeah so he made close to 400 appearances for Wolves and according to his Wikipedia page 28 plus appearances for the Oklahoma City Slickers. Oh, there we go. So, he's turned out for the yeah. Slickers, and he's good enough for me. Yeah, he's a Slickers legend. <laughs> um, old Dylan can't, can't say that about himself. Nah. Um, you can also buy his signed index card on eBay for seven ninety nine, um, which is how I found him. So, um, I mean, I don't know whether you want to go with with Phil or Dylan. I honestly don't. Mine. Let's go with Phil just for the slickers connection because yeah, yeah. Dylan Phillips. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't really belong yeah. in any type of team. He would be yeah, but I feel like he actually might engage with us if we like he he's gonna get such little attention <laughs> yeah. social media or media wise that if we tagged him in this, he might be like, Oh my god, I'm in a team with blank blank blank, who are good players by the way, coming up. So um yeah, okay, let's go with Phil Parks, but I'm really glad to get that position yeah. out of the way. Yeah, that one, honest, I promise it does get better from there. Let's, yeah, let's crack on. Please stay with us, listeners, if you, if you still <laughs> are, because it's about to get so good. Um, right, do you want to go back forward? Do you want to go fullbacks first, Aaron? Um, sure. Yeah, you, you kick us off on this one if you want. Um, yeah, so right back, I've got someone who I think is quite an obvious one, one of the best players of his generation, and it is position probably one of the best of all time. Uh, I've gone for Philip Lahm. Um, yeah. It's pretty much a shoe-in for me. 330-odd um, appearances for Bayern Munich, 113 appearances for Germany. Just an incredible footballer. Won pretty much everything you could 
possibly win numerous yeah. Bundesliga titles, Champions League, won the World Cup with Germany. He pretty much consistently throughout his career was just in FIFA World Team of the Year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just uh, an incredible footballer. Um, obviously moved into to centre mid later in his career, but I think at his peak, he'd be comfortably the best right back in the world. So, yeah, I've gone for Philip Lahm. Yeah. Um, I don't have Philip Lahm there, but I have him in my team, but I had him in midfield. But I think only based on who else I could find. But mm -hmm. I would absolutely support him at right back. He, he did probably play his peak years at right back, didn't he? And then move yeah. in. Um, he, yeah, when he was getting votes into World Team of the Years, it was it was at right back. So, um, absolutely, completely agree. He's a, an absolute sure into the team and very, very likely at right back. In fact, my my right back probably ended up probably ended up playing his best football and holding midfield. So I don't know why I've got that, <laughs> um, which is Phil Neville. So he obviously had a very successful career at United, winning mm -hmm. six Premier League titles, including the '99 treble. He he was a little bit like the the runt of the litter though with the class of 92 a bit. Yeah, he was, um, so he went on to play a more central figure in his time at Everton and eventually did move into holding midfield. So I've kind of answered my own question with that. Um, so yeah, Lom, shooing it right back, maybe fit Neville in in midfield, I guess. Yeah. Um, who have you got a left back? Um, I've gone for Felipe Luiz, um, Brazilian left back, is now 35 now, so he's back in Brazil playing with Flamengo. But at his peak, um, between sort of 2010 2014, at Atletico Madrid, he's one of the best left backs in Europe. Got a move to Chelsea and it didn't really work out for him, but then he went back to Madrid again and was was, was class. Um, he's earned over 40 caps for Spain, uh, for, not for Spain, sorry, for Brazil, which is obviously not to be sniffed at. Um, yeah. And yeah, someone again that not to the levels of Philip Lyon, but at his peak was comfortably one of the best in the world in his position. Yeah, likewise, I've got Philip A. Louise. Um, and I think there will be a, a you know, fair amount of overlap in, in this yeah. team, but I think hopefully in a couple of positions there'll be some good debates to be had. Yeah, not a lot to add at, about Louise, uh, Louise's career. Apart from like, yeah, he didn't have a great spell at Chelsea, but he still won the league in cup double. So mm -hmm. uh, collecting trophies for fun uh, in the second half of his, of his career. Um, at shall I kick off at centre-backs? Yeah, um, so I've already mentioned one kind of uh, David Moyes Everton legend and I've got another in Phil Jagielka um, so 375 Premier League appearances and was a really really steady performer for Everton for, for you know nigh on a decade the thing that actually surprised me is that he chalked up 40 England caps now we we kind of did a show didn't we a while back about undercapped England players and like when you think of your Woodgates and your Kings that both nearly made that team or I think Woodgate did make that team yeah. with, with 25 caps or less 40 for Jagielka, that's an awful lot, but it just shows he was trusted by by the managers that work mm -hmm. with him. So, you know, not nothing flashy, but a good player uh, to have in, in, in any team, I think. And then alongside him, someone who is very flashy, and that's Philip Mexes. So, uh, kind of a little bit in your maverick mode, yeah. Aaron. I've just been in love with Philip Mexes since Championship Manager 102. Yeah. He had a minimum fee release clause from Oxer for like eight million. You could sign yeah, him in the best defender Whatever. in the world for about twenty seasons. Yeah, exactly. So um, 
he didn't quite replicate that in real life. He's had an excellent uh, career, especially in Serie A with Roma and AC Milan. No league titles to show for it, but four domestic cups and uh, 20, 20 odd front French France caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, two not outstanding centre halves there, but two centre halves who built themselves good careers. Uh, have you got anybody any different that you would like to make a case for? Um, so I've also got Phil Jagielka. Um, at first, I had Felipe from Atletico Madrid, the Brazilian centre back, but I've swapped him for for Jags because I think overall he's actually had a better career. Um, yeah. But alongside him, I've got someone different, someone that is definitely before my time, but I'm aware of how good he is just from seeing Montelli and that. And I've got for Phil Thompson, um, centre back. Oh off. yeah, okay, yeah. He won seven, yeah, league, yeah. seven league titles, an FA Cup, two League Cups, six Charity Shields, three European Cups, two UEFA Cups. Um, and was and yeah. the biggest news in football as yeah. well. He was just, and, and a European Super Cup to top it off. So, he, yeah, he won domestic, um, sorry, at club level, he won everything that you could win in the game, really. Um, yeah. Sort of a, a stonewall in that all-conquering Liverpool team of the sort of 70s, 80s. Yeah. Um, and from all accounts, as annoying as he can be on telly now, an absolutely terrific footballer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 340 appearances for Liverpool, 42 appearances for England. I've um, I've gone for old Tomo. Yeah, can't argue with a career like Tomo's, can you? Um, no. As annoying so, as he is, that's yeah. an incredible amount of silverware to win. It is, yeah. And I would have absolutely no problems slipping in him alongside Jagielka in a in a very Merseyside looking centre back pairing. Um blue and red together. Exactly. Um so that's that set on the back on the back five. So we've got you know the legend that is Phil Parks, the slickest legend Phil Parks in goal. <laughs> um, I think I'm probably doing a bit of a disservice to Wolves fans. If there's any Wolves fans listening yeah, I apologize. He's a genuine club legend at Wolves but also at the Slickers. Um <laughs> Philip Lahm at right back uh, with Felipe Luiz at left back and Jagielka and Thompson in the middle. Um, moving into midfield, obviously I said I had Lahm in here, but the the other one I had was um, a chap at Marseille called Philippe Philop. Um, and I thought I'd be able to get this a bit further. Uh, 220 appearances for Marseille, Philippe Philop had. Very two-footed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love playing on the beach. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, I had I had it a little bit further, but like I was, I feel like I would have been able to keep my composure. But I didn't see you just laugh straight away. I was hoping <laughs> Sorry, that I could get you for like ten seconds on it. But no, and I've made up a really good career for him actually. Yeah, yeah, he. Um, Sorry, mate, he's really the winner in the cup, winners' cup final in Mallorca by you know just sticking his big toe out <laughs> to get on the end get on the end of a cross for leap for lot. No, I've got somebody um, probably a little bit better than um, for leap for lot, um, and that's so I had this guy like alongside Lam or kind of it's kind of like a diamond. Um, so I've got Philip Cocky, mm-hmm. um, like a very you know gifted. Dutch tech, technician, but equally tenacious midfielder who's like, you know, another kind of chapter in Barcelona's recent Dutch lineage. Like, yeah. also a legend at PSV, seven league titles, over 100 caps for the Netherlands, recently in England, obviously, as manager of Derby County, but didn't quite work out for him 
a mm-hmm. very, very, very good playing career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hired Lam and Koku, so we'll substitute that for Neville and Koku. Who have you got? Kind of um, so I also had Koku. Um, another one thing, playing at the level that he did for as long as he did, like you say, over, anyone who can get over 100 caps for the Netherlands between 96 and 2006, when you look at some of the, the midfielders they've had in that yeah. time. Yeah, um, pretty much a shoe in. So yeah, I had Koku, and then next to him, I had someone who felt like he shone really bright, but for quite a, a short amount of time. I'm, I've gone for Felipe Melo, so the Brazilian CDM. He yeah. played at Fiorentina, Juve, and Inter Milan for a while. Um, and yeah. for a while, he was a real hot commodity, um, linked to a lot of big moves. He moved to Juve for about twenty-five million euros. Um, He's still playing now at 37, playing for Palmeiras back in Brazil. He had 22 caps for Brazil between 2009 and 2010. Um, but yeah, someone who seemed to bright to burn really bright, but for quite a short amount of time, and then he sort of disappeared back off to sort of Galatasaray and then back into Brazil. Yeah, no, I, he's a player I'm familiar with by name, but I have never really saw him play that much. He was definitely a constant in like the gossip columns from, mm. I feel like, 2010 to 2015 um, and he obviously he kind of we well, played at the highest level for Brazil and in the Champions League Juventus and stuff so very good player kind of where would you balance a player who probably de- were definitely more naturally talented and had a, a a higher ceiling and a higher peak but a shorter peak against somebody like a Phil Neville mm. um, who was just pretty steady but Steady over a long period of time. I probably, and this might be sort of that that English football fan almost arrogance, but I'd probably lean towards Phil Neville because I think he did it for longer in a harder league. Like um, Felipe Melo went off to Turkey. Well, mate. He won three, um, th- like three league titles in Turkey, four cups. He's still winning silverware now back in Brazil with Palmeiras. He won the Copa Libertadores in 2020. Um, yeah. So, he's yeah, he's pretty much consistently won silverware throughout his career. Um, but I think there was a time, especially when he moved to Everton and moved in centre mid, when Phil Neville looked absolutely class. Um, and although we said about him being the runt of the litter in the class of 92, he still won a lot at Manchester United as well. It's he, a really, he did win a lot. He he's did had win a, a, lot. Yeah. a career that a lot of players would would die for. So, um, I think I would probably lean towards Phil Neville. Yeah, I mean, actually, the way you kind of have, you know, just emphasise his career at the end, like, we're picking here (laughs) between only people called Phil uh, (laughs) or, you know, variations of that. And we're considering leaving out a bloke who's won six Premier League titles. The most successful Phil in English football. (laughs) modern English football history by an old Tomo. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I think when you put you would, it like that... Yeah, you would have, like... it's He's kind of like the understudy to Lam, pretty much. Like, Lam is a, a better right-back. He's a better holding midfielder, but that doesn't mean that Neville wasn't a, a good player over a long period of time. So, I think um, probably not quite as natural in central midfield as, as Felipe Melo, but... Um, yeah, just you know, the amount of trophies is when he's he's got to be in, in yeah. this team kills, I think. Agreed. So that's kind of two holding midfielders in Neville and and Koku. What what shape have you 
have you got to your front four, Aaron? Um, so I've got like a I'm four two three one. So I've now got a, a three with a with a lone striker. Okay, I've kind of got I've got two strikers and they they're proper strikers as well. Like I'm not sure we could stick them out wide. So I've got like a a diamond. Okay, but do you want to go with who you've got? Um, in the attacking attacking midfield positions, I imagine we've probably got two of the same. You've probably got both of mine. I would I would imagine. Yeah, so there's two. I imagine will line up with what you've got: uh, Philip Coutinho and Phil Foden. Yeah, spot um, on. Obviously, Phil Foden. I'm convinced he's either your brother because you look alike, or he's your love child because you absolutely love that guy. Um, I just love him so much. He's just so good, isn't he? <laughs> he's absolutely quality, isn't he? It's great to see him and Jude Bellingham again last night standing out in yeah. the, the Champions League. It was, yeah, yeah. He's obviously there's been so much hype around him for a long time, and I think Pep does deserve a bit of credit for how he's handled him. He didn't, he didn't throw him in absolutely. when people were, ask, were asking him, and he refused to send him out on loan because he said, you know, he's, he's better off here learning around the likes of De Bruyne and Silver and stuff. Um, and I think the way that he's handled him is, is paying off now because he's he's looked absolutely unbelievable this season, um, and he's only going to get better and better, which is really exciting from an England fan point of view. Um, so he was pretty much one of the first names on the team sheet for me when we were thinking of our footballing fields. Um, yeah, and then alongside him, Philip Coutinho, who obviously everyone is aware of, a special talent. Um, incredible at Liverpool, probably not reached the heights again that he that he was at, at Liverpool by moving to Barca and then on to Bayern. Um, but still a, a terrific footballer that's had a great career and even now you'd imagine would would at least get a place in the squads of, of most teams in the, the top four across pretty much any division. So, um, yeah, a really attacking couple there. Um, and yeah, two that I was fairly confident you'd, you'd have as well. Yeah, I've got both of them and I'm big fans of both of them. So Coutinho is like just the type of player I like watching. Very mm-hmm. skillful, technical, dangerous. Um, like just like one of those people that gets the ball and things happen. Like, that's a bit cliche to say, but like he, he, there's very little wasted motion with him. Like, you mm-hmm. know, he doesn't coast through games. It hasn't worked out quite from a Barcelona. No, unfortunately um, not. Which is, you know, a shame. I thought he would go off from strength to strength there, but, you know, he he showed it by and over a loan spell that he was still still a damn good damn good player. Mm-hmm. He's especially good in the two games they played against Tottenham. He's pretty. He was pretty much a world class playmaker in the making. Leaving Liverpool just hasn't. He's he's got a little bit lost somewhere, but still a, an outstanding outstanding player. Yeah, agreed. And then Foden, yeah, now you know got the promotion as the most important Philip in the country. Mm-hmm. So um, an absolute shoe in for this team as well. Um, and it looks like by the sounds of your shape, you've got one more attacking midfielder to, to try and squeeze in as well. Yeah. So it's someone that you might not know that he's actually called Philip. But it's, right. Louis, it's, it's Luis Felipe Madeira Quiero Figo. Luis Figo. One more time for me. Luis Felipe Madeira Quiero Figo. Luis Figo. Yeah. <laughs> but so is he called Felipe though, or has he got a middle name, Felipe? Yeah, he's, he's Luis Felipe oh. Madero. Oh, okay. So Luis Felipe is his first name. Okay. So he's um yeah. So when I messaged you earlier and I was like, you know, like the rules about Philip and that, like how 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 strict are we being? And then I put yeah. so if we've got someone and he's just got a load of random names and Felipe's in there somewhere, 
is that all right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, but that's before I thought I, I absolutely know now he's going to get in front of one of my strikers because it's Lewis. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? I looked at him and I was like, I've got to get him in because he's a shoe in. But I also need to check with Joe that that's within the rules. Because then I looked yeah. at his career and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So he's got four La Ligas, uh, Champions Steady. League. He, he basically has won everything you could possibly win. He's Portuguese footballer every year between 95 and 2000. He's Ballon d'Or winner, FIFA World Foot Player of the Year, UEFA Team of the Year, UEFA Champions League, top assist provider, just basically just yeah, every, an absolutely well, ridiculous career. You name, you name it, he's won it. Yeah, yeah. one of them. Um yeah, I mean, well, I can't. I certainly can't argue with the resume, and I, considering I, I've, I've put it in writing that that was allowed, I can't <laughs> argue with that either. Um, and to be fair, one of my strikers is is, is slightly pushing the rules as well. But um, I'm go, I'm going to make a case for him anyway. So you've got so like in a four-two-three-one, you've got what could maybe Coutinho centrally, and then Foden and Figo. Yeah, Foden and Figo outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I've got. Um, yeah, happy with Coutinho and Foden and whatever shape. But I, I kind of had a diamond of, let's say, Neville then and then Koku and Coutinho and then Foden. And then two up front. So, um, Filippo Inzaghi, um, over 200 Serie A goals, 25 and 57 for Italy. Fifth highest goal scorer in European club competitions. Uh, had 11 great years at Milan, two Champions League titles as well. Um, I think he scored in both finals or, yeah, I think so. So, um, you know, really revered Italian striker. And then um, alongside him, I had Super Kev. Super Kevin Phillips, um, which I thought was really clever until you named Dylan Phillips in goal. And I was like, (laughs) oh, damn, he's sort of it as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I used to love Kevin Phillips, actually. And I don't really know why. But uh, maybe it's because he was really small. But 30 goals in a Premier League season, um, one of the nine players to reach that milestone. And he did it with Sunderland as well, of all teams. They've they've probably not had a striker score five goals in a season since. Uh, Expert finisher, uh, scored goals everywhere he went, but he didn't win trophies everywhere he went, like Figo, unfortunately. Um, Have you got any of my strikers? Um, Yeah, I've I've got Inzaghi. Um, yeah I don't know why I don't know why and I might get it completely wrong I've just got you as an, a, a big Inzaghi fan for some reason I um, I like him do you, know what, do you know what it is one of my, my oldest well my oldest friend really Pep we've started playing for the same football team when we're five we're both in our 30s now um, he's a Milan fan um, and growing up he just loved Inzaghi and that kind of just rubbed off on me and like I don't know yeah. what it is about him but I've just got a soft spot for him um, there are, he does have like a really real cult yeah. following and it's just yeah. it's back to being a kid I don't know whether maybe you're you're a bit younger than me I don't know whether you'll remember this but like when you used to have the, the Italian football on Channel 4 and stuff and you just wait yeah. well, my used, dad told me about it you used to just feel like Italy was where all the superstars played and you sit and I remember just yeah. sitting in front of the telly as a kid and watching it and just yeah being mesmerised by these guys like Inzaghi Vieri Batistuta etc and it just yeah. takes me back to that. He's just a player that just takes me back to sort of being a kid. Um, so yeah, I do have yeah. a soft spot for him. And he was another one that was pretty much down on the sheet straight away when I was trying to do fills from memory. Yeah, but I mean, were you not mesmerised by Kevin Phillips as well? 
Do you know what? I always liked Kevin Phillips, but I couldn't really like him because he played for Sunderland, and obviously I'm a Borough fan. So yeah, it'd be like me saying, "Oh, you must have liked Thierry Henry, really," or you must have. Yeah, although yeah, I mean, I hate I hated Henry at the time, and now looking back, think he was amazing. Bergkamp, absolutely not. Bergkamp, what an absolute fraud he is. We'll get (laughs) onto that one day. Absolute fraud. Fraud eleven captain (laughs) Bergkamp coming up. Coming up at some point in the fun bind. Oh, I, well, I feel like I've, um, I've, I've, I've learned something today. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I can't really argue with Figo, can you? Um, imagine I mean, leaving Figo out of any team. I, yeah, I don't like to sort of push. Um, <laughs> I do like us to sort of come to a natural agreement together, but I feel like on this one, if we're going down to Lewis Figo against Kevin Phillips. Yeah. God. Yeah. Sure. I see. I see. I see your point. Before and I did literally get it in writing from you before the podcast. Yeah. Let me let me find it. No, you don't need to. You don't. You don't need to. I remember. I, I remember. Yeah. But you, what you've done is you set it up as like that you were pretending it was Ricardo Caresma or someone yeah, less. Yeah, I didn't want you to get it. Get get it was <laughs> and then put it in as well. Oh, Joe, by the way, mate, how loose are we being with the Felipe? You put, oh, yeah, pretty loose, fill in any language, basically. So I said, if I've got a player and his name is something like, I don't know, Santos, Luis, Felipe, Massa, Ribeiro, but we know him as, like, say, Ricardo Caresma, is that all right to have? And you put, yeah, mate, happy with that. So It's a perfect setup because I actually believe that was Caresma's name. Just, I was half expecting you to say Caresma. Just um, at some point. Yeah, so you've, you've absolutely entrapped me there. Yeah. Um, but no, you, you've played by the rules and you found a world-class footballer kind of called Phil to <laughs> to uh, to get in the team. So rules, I'm sure, like, I mean, if if any of these players found out that we'd picked Kevin Phillips over Lewis Figo, I don't think they'd be particularly happy. So Figo has, has to go in, um, which gives us a team full of Phil's um, and a pretty good team as well. Mm. So, starting off in goal, we've got legend Phil Parks. And then across the back four, Philip Lahm, Phil Jagielka, Phil Tomo Thompson, Felipe Louise. Uh, in midfield, we've got uh, Phil Neville, Philip Koku, and a very exciting attacking midfield three of Felipe Coutinho, Phil Foden. And do you want to give the full name one more time, Aaron? Oh, let me get it back up. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but here we go. <laughs> Luis Felipe Madeira Cairo Figo. That's him on the left wing. And then up top, Filippo Inzaghi. One very Phil centered fun bind 11. And we hope all the members of the royal family listening can yeah. take solace. It's what it, they would have wanted. It, it's, it's exactly what he would have wanted. Um, yeah. So, for example, that would, um, if somebody was to enter that team in the fun buying cup, um, and then I think that would be quite a difficult team to beat because, like, on, yeah. on the fun buying cup, obviously, it'll be, it'll be voted on by our listeners, but I think we're not necessarily looking for the best 11 players because mm-hmm. otherwise, like, that would be completely based on topic. But yeah. it'll be like the 11 with a combination of ability and suitability to the topic, which I think this one is pretty World-class footballers in there and some world-class fills. Yeah. It's a great balance. Just so, of them. Oh, yeah, it would be it'd be a tough, tough side to beat. But the 
actual first Fun Bind 11 to be entered into the Fun Bind Cup will be um, a Fun Bind 11 of what we are calling border crosses. Um, so that's like players that have left one club to join a really fierce rival. So without you know giving you too many ideas, somebody like Sol Campbell, Judas Sol. So we'll put that out on our social media channels. And if you think you can come up with a really good Fun Bind 11 for that, then please tweet us. Instagrammers, let us know, and we might have you on the pod to go through your full team next week. Um, I think that's it, Aaron, from me for our first episode back. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. that, and I'm yeah. looking forward to getting stuck into the, the Fun Buying Cup. Have you got anything to add? No, nothing for me, mate. Just looking forward to season two now. I um, think it'll be really good once we get the cup up and running. Um, be good to get you guys on, working with us, get a bit of engagement going really looking forward to it yeah absolutely i second that so just a reminder that you can follow us on twitter at table 441 uh on instagram at table 442 you can follow me on twitter at joe fish 08 and aaron they can follow you at uh, arrow prid a-a-r-o-p-r-i-d and you can listen to us on uh apple podcast and on spotify mm-hmm So that's it for this week's episode. We'll be back with another episode next week. Hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, we'll be uh, hopefully coming through a set of headphones near you soon. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Bye. Now, this is the the, the first encore, really, of the Table 442 podcast because Aaron has just spotted something rather hilarious when he was looking up, um, trying to look up uh, Oklahoma Slickers legend Phil Parks. (laughs) Aaron, you found another goalkeeper called Phil Parks, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. We just sat talking at the end there and I was like, Joe, I've noticed something, mate. You said Phil Parks played for uh, for Wolves, but he didn't. He made 344 appearances for QPR and 344 appearances for West Ham. So, a bit of panic. And then, yeah, we've realised there's actually two Phil there's Parks. There's two Phil Parks. Right. Two now, this is... What's yeah, now, the, obviously, the second Phil Parks, who hasn't made our original from Bind 11, is clearly had the better <laughs> career. Yeah, he's and had an England, England. Yeah, and, now, and I do, like, I recognise the name Phil Parks as a goalkeeper, but obviously not well enough to distinguish whether he played for Wolves or not when I mm-hmm. checked out his um, his career history. So I can only apologise to <laughs> to Philip Benjamin Neil Frederick Parks. <laughs> on 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 your scandalous omission from the side um in in place of um in place of my philip parks who's just more affectionately known as phil parks no middle names um <laughs> so um yes i think uh, probably picked the wrong phil parks there but that's a lesson to make sure you do your research kids do your research do your homework kids stay in school take your vitamins and uh, also, don't be afraid to laugh at yourself when you've absolutely balled something up. <laughs> There's only two Phil Parks. Two Phil Parks. <laughs>